How dare you, sir? I come up with my <laughs> own analysis, okay? Uh huh. Uh huh. Who do you think you are? I am. <laughs> All right, welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me on Twitter, at Nonsense underscore Steve. My co-host, Mr. Neil Smith, at Nonsense underscore Neil. Find us both at Important Nonsense on the Fantasy Life app, all one word. Easiest, best way to get a hold of us. Oh, Neil, we are in for some uh, some interesting games this weekend, to say the least. And, you know, the the most jarring news we got was obviously... Earlier today, they announced Tyrod Taylor would no longer be the starting quarterback in Buffalo. They've moved on to Nathan Peterman. And as I was reading through that, the uh, the the quote was, "They're currently holding the last AFC playoff spot at five and four, looking for a spark," which led me to believe, "Wait a minute, they're five and four and in the playoff picture." And as you were saying, how bad is the AFC this year now? Oh, they're atrocious. They are atrocious. So once you get past the Patriots, obviously, which is just they take so much of the coverage that it's almost easy to overlook some of this. It's the Patriots. It's the Chiefs. It's the Steelers that you feel pretty good about those three. Chiefs who have lost a handful here in their last few games and have not looked great. And then the Steelers who have been inconsistent, to say the least. Exactly. Almost blew that down. game against Indy, like we called last oh, week. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They wanted to. They wanted to give that one away. But then you realize that beyond that, it goes right to the Titans at six and three. But it's the worst six and three that I can remember. They have a negative point margin. They 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 get destroyed from time to time. Like it, the Titans are not something I want to invest in necessarily. To be talking about, they're going to be playing. Deep into the playoffs, meaningful football games. They got a lot. They got a lot of work to do. If they think right they're going to they be would win winning the bad. South. Yeah. Right. And then you want to tell them? You want to tell the <laughs> listeners, or, or the, should I? The five seed is the Jags, which blows <laughs> my mind at six and three. <laughs> like if the season ended today, your round one wild card matchup would be Titans Jaguars. You're welcome, America. Yes. There you go. Get your and tickets. Then, get your playing tickets now. And then the other game would be Kansas City-Buffalo. Yeah! Woo! Game that it's over in the first quarter! Woo! It'll be Peterman! Woo! <laughs> You're right. It is done. It's, it's gone full flip to, uh, to the other side now. The AFC has become the NFC. Yes. For those Whereas who have been watching football, the NFC side, you got the Eagles would be the one, then the Rams would be your two, the Vikings would win the North and be the three, Saints would win the South at the four, then the five seed, the top wild card would be the Panthers. So you'd have Panthers yep. Saints in the first round, and then the Seahawks at six and three would be your six seed getting in. The Cowboys at five and four are on the outside. Lions are just outside. Packers are just outside. Falcons are just outside. All one game back at five and four. It's hyper competitive. There's a lot of decent teams. I mean, the Eagles look great. The Rams seem to look pretty great, but otherwise it's a, a slew of really good teams. And even the Saints are probably in that conversation too. But in the AFC, it's just hot trash. It's just, yep. it's the Pats and then muddled garbage. And it's yep. disgusting. The Pats, two teams, and then two teams that can separate themselves slightly in, in the Chiefs and the Steelers. And then literally it's just wh- whoever. 
<laughs> that's it. That's just going to be whoever. And that's what makes the whole Tyrod Taylor thing just so maddening. You're going to put the rookie in when you're five and four. If you're a Bills fan, you just have to be so frustrated at, the, at this point. Again, I don't understand. Just, Tyrod Taylor being benched was surprising. And then I did remember the fact that, look, they got blown out on Thursday night. They got destroyed by the Saints. It was a division matchup on Thursday night against the Jets, who have looked decent. And then it was the Saints, who have been steamrolling people. Playoff team. And Should I, be a playoff team. I mean, you just got Kelvin Benjamin in a trade. He's still learning <clears throat> the playbook. He's still getting adjusted. You just got Charles Clay back from injury. Your offense is still trying to meld and come together as a unit, and you're making a QB change midseason with a winning record. I mean, this is this is Dolphins level leadership here they've got yeah. going on. Yeah, it's like the Dolphins in the past that have fired all their front office staff and coaches halfway through the season before, and then gone to the playoffs. That's what it reminds me of. But it's it's insanity. I don't know what I don't know what's going on over there. And to all the Bills fans, go body slam a table for me, boys, because it's going to be some sad backyard wrestling for the rest of the year if Peter <laughs> doesn't pan out. The football preview. Halfback, passes to center, back to wing, back to center, center holds it, holds it, holds it! No, not that football. Aw, the Denver Broncos! Yeah, that's the one. You just don't understand football. News. Good news, everyone. Read all about it! And stats. You need to win. You play to win the game. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. All right, getting into the news of the week. We're going to start with this, and this is finally the last time we have to talk about it, Neil. I'm yes! sorry, it's over. It is yes! over. It's over! Zeke is suspended. Oh, my God. The saga is done. We want to spend literally no time on this. Just mention the fact that after last week's show, they came out and made the surprise decision to enforce the suspension immediately. He has since withdrawn his formal appeal, and so has the NFLPA. So it is finally a dead story. We can all move on. He will return week 16 versus the Seahawks. That is it. Period. End of story. Miracle upon all miracles. Meanwhile. All right, right into the injury roundup. Just going to go through position by position injuries you might need to know this week. At quarterback, Jameis Winston remains out, and last week the team's GM came out and said it could be an extended period of time that he will miss. If you're a Jameis owner, obviously you already had a backup plan, you've already moved on, but it's it's concerning for the value of Cameron Brait and Mike Evans going forward, to say the least. Phil Rivers is in the concussion protocol but he's made good progress. The team said today that they hope he'll be able to go out there and play. We will all be hoping and praying for you, Phil. We've got everybody. We've got you in our everybody thoughts. should hope that Phil Rivers. We'll get into it, but everybody <laughs> should be hoping that Phil Rivers play uh, that game. Drew Stanton doubtful for this game with a knee injury, which means we are in for the Blaine Gabbert show. Run and hide, <laughs> folks. Run and hide. And running back Aaron Jones. Left that game Sunday against the Bears. He'll be out for an extended period of time with an MCL injury. Ty Montgomery then got the full workload. After scoring a touchdown, he left the game early. So it was all Jamal Williams. Look, it's a bad matchup against the Ravens' defense, but he looks to be the feature back. So Jamal Williams, we will get to that in our, our streamer area here. 
Rob Kelly, done for the year, placed on IR. Samaj Perine, he is the man now in Washington if you want it. However, we have seen that story play out already this year, and it was not pretty. It was no, not, no. not pretty. They tried to give Rob Kelly that job back for a reason. <laughs> Devonta Freeman's in the concussion protocol. He's not officially been ruled out yet, but he is listed as doubtful. The initial reports were he would miss multiple weeks, according to Adam Schefter, so it may be more than just a concussion that he's dealing with at this point, but concussion protocol is all they can currently say. Be prepared either way. Because it's Monday, they don't technically have to list him as out till Monday. So, uh, yeah, just watch the, the reports for that. If you're counting on Devonta Freeman, though, I would say be prepared to go elsewhere. Yeah, have a backup plan. Wide receiver Chris Hogan still listed as questionable. When he was hurt initially, they said he would be out multiple weeks, and so far he's only missed the one game, so I would be surprised if he were able to suit up and give it a go in Mexico City. Will Fuller, meanwhile, said he will miss this week with his rib injury, but we I mean, we said it before, his value left the building when Deshaun Watson did. So it's yeah. time to move on from Will Fuller. This just gives you the excuse to finally do so. At tight end, Jordan Reed continues to fight his hamstring issue. If you were smart enough to pick up Vernon Davis and have him as the rare tight end handcuff, that's the guy you're going with. Otherwise, good luck on the waiver wire. Zach Ertz looks like he will give it a full go this week. He is back and ready to beat up the Cowboys this weekend. Meanwhile, One last time, Neil. Hashtag bi-week issues. Oh, yeah. So streamers... We are looking for this week. This week, Neil, gracious enough to take over the waiver wire column. So, what do you got for us? Yep. Okay. So, a couple different options at quarterback this week. None of them great. This is going to be a theme, people. <laughs> it's it's week eleven. Hopefully, you're done with your buys. If you're not, and you're one of the people that owns Cam Newton, uh, first off is Eli Manning. He's right at the fifty percent mark. That would be your tried and true. At least you're gonna, you know what you're in for. You know what I mean? You don't love it, but you know what you're in for. Now for the real people. Jay Cutler against Tampa Bay. Stop. Don't unsubscribe. Stop. I'm telling you, do not unsubscribe. I know it's tempting because I didn't feel good writing this and recommending it, but here we are, folks. Cutler has actually looked competent. And they're gonna play Tampa Bay, a team that invented phoning it in, reinvented, I should say, <laughs> phoning it in this season. So it, uh, it's just – this whole game is garbage time, and that's where Cutler seems to thrive. <laughs> so you could do much worse than that, at least the matchup's juicy. Now, if you're desperate, if you need something that probably not real palatable for you, Case Keenum or Andy Dalton. Neither one really thrills you, but at least you know you're probably not going to get lower than a 15. The one caveat I'd put on that is if Andy Dalton goes to bad Andy Dalton mode, goes to full beige water pistol mode, that's that's why he's down here in the if you're desperate. So – uh, in case Keenum just has a really tough matchup in a game that he's effectively playing for his career. So, you know, <laughs> a lot of, lot of pressure. Lot, no, you know, no, a little, small no, no, a little bit. No, just a little bit. Yeah, just, just a little bit. So, slim pickings, but at least there are a couple options for you. Running back, the $138 man, Jamal Williams, who we mentioned previously, he's got a horrible matchup against Baltimore. He does. There's just no other way around that. It's, it's not really that good of a matchup at all. And it's a team that struggles offensively. There's a reason he wasn't going to be the guy. <laughs> to be, yeah, to begin with. To begin with. So there's all these issues. However, he's going to tote the rock. 
he's going to get like 20, 20 touches this week. And that's how bad running back is, folks. So if you can get him, Jamal Williams. Uh, and then, hey, what about Austin Eckler? Two 20-yard touchdowns last week. Looks like he's carved out a role for himself, just a little bit. It looks like and he you gotta, may be the uh, the Danny Woodhead guy that yes, they have been looking for since exactly. he left. Yeah. They may they may kind of start using him in that in that manner. We've all seen how that role can have value. So if he's going to be that guy, now he did have that bad fumble at the end of last week, but I think that actually just helps it make this cheaper for you to do. So that's actually probably a good thing. Because I think certain people will be like, ah, but he fumbled, so they won't. No, I think they their season's not going real well. So why not take a look at what you've got at this point? Plus, Melvin Gordon's not exactly the picture of health at this point. Right. So why why do I want to kill him, my, my, my franchise guy? Let's see what we got with the kid. If he's good enough, then we'll keep him around for, you know, for chump change, and he can be Danny Woodhead. And if, <laughs> Danny Woodhead in the Chargers days, we all know. Finally, rounding out the cast of uh, <laughs> ready-for-prime-time players here, uh, Damian Williams. That's right. Damien Williams, go ahead and throw the stuff at me for this one. He's not good at football. We've seen it. It's, it's, look, it's, it's, this, this is like we've got data now. Yeah. He's, not, he's not that good at football. However, he's playing that Tampa Bay defense that we were talking about a minute right. ago. And it's going to be a lot of offense. And Kenyon Drake can't get it all. So I like Damien Williams to catch five passes and possibly get five to ten rushing attempts down the stretch in garbage time when they're just trying to salt that game out. So... You could do worse, and he'll be cheap. So that's also that's also a uh, that's also a nice bonus. Uh, wide receiver. <laughs> How many times do you have to be on the, uh, the the streamer list before you have to be on the? Do you know? Is there like a rule that we have for that? We have no rule appa- set for that. So yeah, well, maybe apparently we it's one more. This. Well, it's one more week because at least because guess what? Tyler Lockett and Paul Richardson. Yeah. There you go. It's like every week we go back to the hole on this, but they're gonna draw. The Falcons, who, you know, pass defense, they do a little bit better than run defense, but it's still not going to scare you. And Seattle's not even going to try to run the ball at a certain point. It's just they're just going to go away from that completely and just start hucking it down the field like they do. And it feels like every week one of these guys at least will walk away with something pretty for somebody. Oh, tight end. Oh, the hardest one to write every week. (laughs) The hardest one. Fortunately, we have rules for this. But. Rounding it out to begin with, I'm going with Steve's boyfriend from the preseason, Julius Thomas, for a one-week fill-in. I know. Contain your excitement over there. Hey, I mean, uh, look, he gets the volume. He gets the targets. He just doesn't know I'm how saying. to catch the football. If he could ever learn how to catch, I mean, the value yep. he would he, have. He would put it all together. Yep. Cutler is not a- afraid to throw it to his big tight end, and he's going to end up doing it here because they're going to have the ball for a good chunk of the day, and it's just going to be... It's just going to be ugly, soup to nuts. Tampa Bay actually defends tight end relatively well, but that's to the extent that they do anything well. So, and with my, a great assault. if you were desperate here, is Mercedes Lewis, who is on the injury yes. report, so you have to keep an eye on it. But remember, he However, had three touchdowns against the Ravens when they were in London. And it, the rule is anyone against the Browns, and they get the Browns. So, I mean, look. You can scoff all you want about anyone against the Browns, but Eric Ebron scored a touchdown last week. So you can't deny the fact that anyone against the Browns works. So, yeah, Mercedes Lewis, if you are desperate to stream somebody. The nice thing about that is that might pan off because that theory is correct. It is backed up by math at this point. We have enough games to actually definitively say, yeah, that's a thing. And, uh, boy, could you imagine losing – a pivotal game this week 
that you would need Mercedes to be going to the Lewis playoffs because like Mercedes Lewis gets two <laughs> touchdowns. Do you imagine that? That would make the wall of just, just oh man, that's how rivalries get started between teams where it's like, nah, nah <laughs> I'm so mad forever. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, rounding it out, there's not a whole lot of options, to be honest, for season long at this point. So for season long defense, if, if they're worth it, they're probably owned at this point is what I'm saying. Uh, however, the uh, for week for week to week for streamers here, uh, give me some of that Cardinal defense against uh, Tom Savage. Yeah, I'll take some of that. That sounds good. And uh, and give me that uh, that old Bengal D against Denver. And in addition to Denver being atrocious to begin with, I have new news when we get to the game breakdown about how Denver is trying to make itself even worse. So stay tuned for that. It's <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, I like the Bengals call. The Cardinals one worries me just because... Yo, Gabbard, Gabbard. Yeah, last week, yeah. like uh, two weeks in advance of that, I was trying to pan out who I was going to play at t- uh, defense in week 10. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll play the Giants because they're playing San Francisco. And then I went into it and I was like, well, maybe I want to play San Francisco because they're playing the Giants. And then at the end of it, I was like, you know what? Both teams are hot trash, and I have no idea which way that's going to go, and I don't think I want either part of it. And that's kind of how I feel about that Houston-Arizona game. Like, either side could come out and look horrible, and either defense could come out and look horrible. Well, to be and fair, I would have had the Texans on here game. as well. I would have had the Texans on here as well, but they're both too heavily owned. I know. Or they're too, so that's the problem. Like I would have listed them both, and I'd have been like, whichever side of this you feel better about, because I know saying. one I of those like... defenses is going to have a nice day. It's just that the one that you can get is the Cardinals, yeah. and I feel decent about it. I'm not saying you're going to get the moon here, right? I'm, but I'm saying I think you're going to get a seven. Yeah. If you had to rank them, I, don't... I would prefer the Bengals over the Cardinals, but that's just me. To be honest with you, it's, to me, it's a coin flip. Right. It could go either way. Yeah. They're about the same thing. It's. It's the same idea because I could also make the argument that that Denver this is the week that wh- what like like the Bengals have been so good and they've got no Vontez perfect this week who's yeah. d- despite being a crazy person is their best defensive player so I mean that's that's the the problem you have with the Bengals especially them coming into Mile High watch and Andy Dalton turns the ball over three times and they're just out there all day sure. and and after that they just get tired because they just got pounded and you watch a Denver game happen in reverse. <laughs> That's that's what you watch that day. And I don't want to talk anymore about that game. No, no. That game's upsetting. Let's move into the pigskin pick, <laughs> shall we? Get more out of your fantasy season with PFF's exclusive player grades and performance data. PFF grades every player from every game on every team. Dive deep into your fandom and follow your team on Pro Football Focus for exclusive team stats and NFL team rankings. Listeners to our podcast can get $10 off a PFF Edge or Elite subscription by simply going to importantnonsense.com PFF. Once again, that's importantnonsense.com PFF to save $10 on your subscription today. Yeah, picks can pick them. So our standings this week, Matt is remaining in 5th with 69, Kevin in 4th at 76, Brian up to 3rd with 86, only one point behind me now, I'm at 87 and 2nd, and Neil at 95, Thursday Night Football, Barn Burner, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, would uh, what would normally be a great game, but it's Thursday Night Football, so 
here comes the hot garbage, right? Like I said last week, and I'll continue to say all season, Thursday Night Football is about the running game and defense. Those are the two spots that typically thrive on Thursday nights. Unless you're in a six-point-per-passing-touchdown league, typically it's running game and defense that comes out on top of that. So because of a short turnaround, teams lean on the run game in Thursday Night Football because it's the least complicated thing an offense can do. I mean, look at Adrian Peterson being with the team for four days in Arizona and having like a 30, and Jay Ajayi having a 15 on 16 carries when he was just there with the team. So it's running back is the easiest thing to try to turn on a dime, whereas the passing game is super complicated. And quarterbacks and wide receivers just tend to struggle and can't find unless they can find the end zone. So while Tennessee's secondary has been exploitable, I'm not betting the farm on the Steelers' passing game going off here. I expect a decent week from Le'Veon Bell, and I expect a decent week from DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. I think both of them are going to see the ball a bunch in this because I think they're going to struggle to pass the ball against the Steelers' secondary. So in the end, I think the Steelers' D holds up in a close game, and they win at home. Hey, you know, we have a pivotal AFC matchup here. We're going to put that on Thursday. Yeah! Get that man a raise. (laughs) Turning what could have been a decent game into an ugly romp where we're going to learn nothing about either team. Just give me the Steelers because on paper, at least they're the better side. And can we please end Thursday night football? (laughs) Sunday, one Eastern games. Detroit goes to Chicago. In the preseason, Neil, you and me both had the Bears with three victories, and this was one of them. So while a lot has changed over the course of the year, my belief in the Lions' road division struggles has not. For the second straight week, somehow, some way, I'm going with the Bears. Go Bears! <laughs> See, this game forces me to either go back to the well on the Bears or keep breaking my rule about betting on the Lions. So ugly. Mm, I know. And that's why I'm going to keep breaking my rule. We're going to bet on the Lions here. And what's going to be a close game... But Chicago is going to find somehow, some way to throw this game away. I don't know how they're going to do it. That's going to be the most entertaining thing. Right, how nice. will Chicago manage to toss this? A game they could win and just throw it away. That's that's what that's what I'm predicting. Jacksonville going to Cleveland, a game that could be a contender for Tickle Fight of the Week. Browns tried their best to shock the Lions last week on the road and still couldn't do it. Look, one of these times they'll surprise a team for their only win of the year. But... I don't think it's going to be this time. So the Jags on the road. Unfortunately, the Browns are just going to turn the ball over too many times to be competitive in this game. So it's the Jags on the road. Baltimore going to Lambeau to take on the Packers. God, what an ugly game this is going to be. Ugh. I would normally say it would be strength on strength with the Baltimore D against the Green Bay O and then week on week with, with the Baltimore O against that terrible Packers defense. But... Without Rodgers, there just is no Green Bay strength. So, you done messed up, A.A. Ron! As much as it pains me to pick such a bad team, I'm taking the Ram- the, the, the Ravens to win it in Lambeau uh, on a couple defensive scores and some Justin Tucker field goals. There you go. I mean, good job, Packers. You took advantage of a Bears squad that played, you know, their Bears defense played okay to this point. You know, it's, it's really nice work. But now you're going to get a real defense to play against, and... Uh, I don't think that's going to go as well. <laughs> so I think I think Hundley's going to spend most of this game running for his life as the Ravens' D propels them to a pretty comfortable victory here. 
God, speaking of ugly football, KC going to New York to take on the Giants. What was once any tight end against the Browns, as we mentioned before, has also turned into any tight end against the Giants. Mm -hmm. Four straight weeks allowing a tight end touchdown, and KC rolls into town with this little-known prospect named Travis Kelsey. Have you heard of him? He's up and coming. I think he's going to be good someday. (laughs) Just maybe. Casey in a landslide. Yeah, Casey's going to get up early and they're going to stay there. The only question I have in this game is, is McAdoo fired after they get blown out by 40 points? At halftime, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Rams taking on the Vikings in Minnesota. <laughs> in what should be game of the week, it's the high-powered Rams offense against the Vikings' powerful D. I think top to bottom, the Rams are just more balanced and are the better overall team. So I'm going with the fighting Goffs on the road. Yeah, this is game of the week material right here. Both teams have been looking great, 7-2. And, two, and uh, the Vikings have confirmed they're going to roll with Keenum one more time. You know, So no pressure there. Don't play bad. <laughs> Put it in Bridgewater. They're going to contemplate that. So huge test for him, and it's one I think he's ultimately going to pass. So I've got the Vikings at home in what's going to be one of the closest and most well-played games this week, I think. Washington going to the Superdome to take on the Saints. Well, you know, I'll, I'll take credit. Shame on me for not believing in the Saints last week. I gave the Bills too much credit at home. They beat up on the Bills so badly that it cost Tyrod Taylor his job, as we alluded to before. So while the Redskins have played well recently and will certainly be in this game till the end, I've got Houdat Nation rolling on for their eighth victory of the year. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Reed's still beat up. Who knows if he's going to play? He might even play on a pitch count, depending only Crowder really seems to have emerged in the passing game for Washington, and that's not going to be enough to take on the Saints, who are just white hot and who I think are going to roll to a victory because with that running back tandem, you saw how well Washington tried to stop the, the mighty Jarek McKinnon, right? That didn't that didn't go well. So what are they going to ha- what are they how are they going to handle not one but two guys that can that can do that better than Jarek McKinnon? I think they're going to have a problem. Arizona going to Houston, boy, a true contender for tickle fight of the week. Ah, two bad teams just slapping each other around. I'd give the Drew Stanton-led Cardinals the slightest of edges, except this is the Blaine Gabbert-led Cardinals. So in a game where no one wins, especially the viewer, give me Gabbert to lose this game, which would, I guess, technically mean the Texans win. Right. (laughs) Get ready for yo, Gabbert Gabbert. It's going to be great. A man so bad he was benched for Colin Kaepernick, a man that is not allowed to play in the NFL anymore. So that leaves Arizona trying to run the ball against the number one rush defense so far this year. And I, I like Adrian Peterson fine, but I don't like their chances to do that. And if Blaine Gabbert's got to throw it, they are in deep, deep trouble. So give me give me Houston at home in a game that I think is just ruled by defense on both sides. Tampa Bay heading to Miami. Here it is, folks. <laughs> Tickle fight of the week. <laughs> the week one contest that got put on hold, and the whole world has anxiously been awaiting. Two bad defenses and two underperforming offenses. Mm-mm. This game should be in prime time. In the end, I'm betting on the fact that Cutler has been the established starter for this team all year, and Fitz is, is just, he's just getting his second start, so. I mean, that's literally it. That's the only thing I have to base this on, is is that Mm -hmm. Fitzpatrick is only in his second start. So give me the Dolphins in some some hot trash football. 
That's why tickle fight of the week, folks. There's no actual analysis necessary. <laughs> so yeah, if the Dolphins can't win this game, then they can just go ahead and just start firing people. That's fine because you're done. Because Tampa Bay has been historically bad on defense this season in just about every category that actually matters. So give me Miami at home, and honestly, I think if they fail to win this game and potentially do some damage, I think some heads may start a rolling because I think people are – how many weird moves can you make before you just lose the locker room? You know what I mean? Reminder, Miami, one game out of a playoff spot. Late Sunday yep. afternoon, <laughs> Buffalo heading to L.A. to take on the Chargers. Well, this had all the makings to be a good game. I thought it would be pretty interesting until uh, the Bills, who are trying to sync up their new offense, you know, with, with their otherwise decent defense. you got the Chargers playing great football of late. And now, now what is this? What, what, what am I being forced to watch, NFL? What are you, what are you doing to me? The Bills bench Tyrod for no reason? Rivers is hurt. Look, you know me, Neil. I'm not a religious man, by all means, folks. But I implore you, go it's down to your local sense. house of worship, light as many candles as you possibly can to get Phil Rivers out of the concussion protocol. Because if this turns into Nathan Peterman versus Kellen Clemens, I'm going to spend all Sunday vomiting. Because I can't. That's not football. I can't watch that. So just give me the Chargers inside the empty soccer stadium in L.A. Here it is, folks. It's the hardest game to pick this week. I don't know how you would bet on this <laughs> or how you would establish, like, a line. Vegas, Vegas just ripped that off the board. They can't handle it. That's that. what I'm saying. I feel like they have to wait until they know who's starting at quarterback for at least one of the teams. <laughs> so it's like, so for the love of God, if Kellen Clemens is starting this, look, I normally don't say this, but if, if it's Clemens, just don't watch this game and just check the box score. Just do something else. Like, I don't know, talk to your family, maybe clean the gutters. Shop around for a cheaper insurance quote than what you currently pay. Sure. I don't know. I mean, just because just about anything else is a better use of your time. <laughs> so, I mean, this is if you want actual thought, it's it's two teams that have run defense issues, and, they, and both teams have great running backs. So, 600 combined rushing yards <laughs> later, I've got the Chargers, especially knowing that they're saying Philip Rivers will at least is trending towards playing. And I'd also like to take this time to welcome Tyrod Taylor once again to Denver. Come on, come on, buddy. We'll treat you so good. Oh, man, we would never bench you like that. That is. Speaking of which, in the Mile cold. High City, Cincinnati going to Denver. Ugh. Look, here's some numbers for you, folks. I'm just going to leave. 22, 30, 19, 11, 13. Now, I wish those were the winning lottery numbers, but they're not. Those are actually just the point totals. The defenses have scored against the Broncos' offense the last five weeks. And it's a domino effect because the offense's inability to stay on the field tires out the Broncos' D. So by the second half, they're just gassed and getting exploited and beat up. So the Bengals' D has actually played well over the last couple of weeks. And as much as it pains me to be on the red rifle here... Ugh, I think him and A.J. Green actually have decent games, and I'm going to take the Bengals in mile high. I feel dirty. Oh, I don't want to read this. No, I, I told you I don't want to read this. No, like, look, I, I said I don't I'm going to read it. I'm fine. I'm fine. We'll fight about this later. Look, <sighs> give me the Bengals on the road. Look, would it shock me if Denver won? I mean, not really. But what may not have made the national media that is came out today here from Dove Valley is that Paxton Lynch is back and healthy. 
do we have like a funeral dirge that you could play while I read this? So, so he is now your backup. Thank you. <laughs> That's close enough. So he is now the backup quarterback. Announced Vance Joseph, bleary-eyed and depressed in his press conference today. <laughs> and apparently, there are confirmed reports from reliable sources that came out today, beat reporters and such, that if Brock struggles in this game at all, which he will, come on, it's Brock, that he's going to be benched at halftime to bring in Lynch. And as I warned you a couple weeks ago, it will begin the era of Paxton Lynch football for the remainder of this season in Denver. I got to tell you, there's every chance that that's going to go poorly. Yeah. To say the least. So as I told you before, as I teased before, there's a chance that Denver could somehow find a way to be even worse because they're going to roll out Paxton Lynch for the second half against Cincinnati's defense. And from everything we've seen from last season to the preseason, like all the tape, that's just pick city. Well, New England taking on Oakland in Mexico City. Ola International Series. Buenos tardes. Donde esta la biblioteca? That's all I got, people. So I, I did not excel in Spanish. I mean, you live in Texas. <laughs> you should learn more Spanish than that. Yeah. Yeah. Si. I mean, at some point. It, si. Yeah. At some point. Zapato. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I'm going to I'm gonna say shoe, because I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's what that means. That means no, well, that's how that's how Zappos got its name. Is is actually a weird mnemonic device I used to remember that. But let's not get into how my thought processes actually work because that's just terrifying. Yeah, this isn't Spanish 101. Come on. <laughs> You're gonna have to. If you can keep going with this, I'm gonna start cursing <laughs> in Spanish, and all of this is gonna be uneditable or it's just gonna be ruined. Yeah. Anyway, second straight Mexico City game for the Raiders. Last year, you may remember their Monday night game against the Texans where they overcame a 20-point fourth-quarter deficit to pull out an exciting win against Brock Osweiler. This this is not Brock Osweiler. This this is Tom Brady. Waiter, check, please. Patriots. The Patriots game last week was such a blowout that on the broadcast they had time to get into like the Pats training regiment. So apparently they stayed in Denver in Colorado Springs all week so they could train at uh, the Air Force Academy at altitude. And then they went to Mexico City like today or yesterday. So why did I waste your time with that, you may ask? Which is a valid question. And it's because there is no analysis for this game. Give me the pats. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Sunday night football. Philadelphia going to Dallas. Stop! He's already dead. Look, the Cowboys were already overhyped with Zeke. Now we saw what they could do without him last week. The offense is just completely lost. No run game means no play action. No play action means there are no passing lanes. So Dak will have value because he's their best running back left, and his legs give him value. Don't love anybody else, though, so just give me give me any eagle I can get my hands on in this game as the Eagles fly by the Cowboys. Yeah, and I think that's the conventional logic here, is that the Eagles are just going to roll into town and just smash the Cowboys to pieces, which could happen. But it's a division game, so I think it may be a bit closer than the public would like to believe. Hey, don't use my own logic against me. Yeah, well, <laughs> don't make it so easy and attractive to do so. But, <laughs> but I'm still on the Eagles. That's right, Pete. <laughs> uh, 
But the Eagles are just one of the nicest surprises this year for those of us who are blessed with the gift of sight and enjoy watching good football. Because they're playing it right now. Yeah. Did you pick someone in there? I did. I said I was still on the Eagles. Okay. I believe you were too busy really sure. trying to find Pete Weber. <laughs> Look. Yeah, I'm still on the Eagles. Get off my lawn. That's all I'm saying. Hey, 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 hey. It's not like I'm saying it's the Eagles aren't going to win. I'm just, I'm just saying the, the, it's a division game. This is It is one of your favorite crutch arguments, it though. Is. It is. It is. It is Constant. a Steve Bonham yeah. special. It, it is. is a Steve Bonham, like, Thank you. you know, reach all in your I'm back saying. pocket. Pull that Thank one out. You. <laughs> Give credit where the credit is due. Ugh. I mean, hey, look, if you don't want to acknowledge the fact that you just stole that from ESPN. How dare you, sir? I come up with my own analysis, okay? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Who do you think you are? I am. <laughs> Monday Night Football, Atlanta going to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Oh, what a game this should have been. Ugh, another one of those. Falcons can't decide if they're awful or if they're just okay. And the Seahawks' D... Looked like a shell of itself with Richard Sherman. Now, with him done for the year, it's all on Russell Wilson, and I say, good luck to you, sir. So the biggest weakness for the Falcons' D has been their run game, and it's the least effective thing that the Seahawks are able to do. So even with the 12th man, I don't think they're going to be able to save him here. Falcons in a close and extremely ugly game. Yep, you actually, you and I have the exact same analysis for this game. So I went to the Falcons oh, last oh, weekend. Oh, big surprise. Hey. Hey, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am just whooping your ass in pigskin pick'em, too. All high and mighty for somebody who's just getting bludgeoned. Well, it helps that I'm the only one that takes chances, and then I just oh, keep yeah. going down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, is that what it is? Is that what it is? Conventional wisdom. Yeah. Use, use, use common sense when thinking about <laughs> Exactly. Who does that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How dare you use common sense and logic yeah, against me? It's dare a, you remember things that have happened in the past and apply it to situations God. in the future? That is cheating. <laughs> play to win the game. How dare you? Ugh. Oh God. Anyway, I'm doubling down on the Falcons because yeah, it's the exact same thing. Falcons terrible at running the ball. Seattle can't run the ball. So just look for a game with a ton of passing which is probably going to devolve into a horrible shootout on Monday night with no defense at all eventually. All right. Well, that's it for the NFL this week, Neil. A lot to uh, to get through with the Golden League, so hopefully you stick around with us. If not, again, at Important Nonsense on the Fantasy Life app, at Nonsense underscore Steve, at Nonsense underscore Neil. But again, here is the Golden League update. And now for something completely different. It's time for the Golden League update. I love Well, Neil, the field has been narrowed down, went from 11 teams still alive down to 8. We had a couple teams clinch, but more importantly, you already know what has to happen right now. Uh, We go through this every year, and we are at that moment where Steve Flynn, kudos to him on a a good season, but he has been knocked out. I take, Steve, I want you to know when you're listening, I take no joy in this, but I I have to do it. There it is, folks. Pop that champagne. My record still stands. Only back-to-back champion. 
in league history. The very me, me, me podcast he's putting together <laughs> for you this week, folks. He's really riding around on that high horse this week. Uh, look, I have to do it every year. It's tradition. It's tradition. <laughs> i got to pop that champagne until someone beats it. And so far, uh, nobody's beaten that record. So I'm going to hold that. It's the only thing I've got. Can't take that away from me. Uh, the only thing I've got. <laughs> Cut to Kevin. Look, he's got three titles. <laughs> Be salty all you want, all right? I also have three titles. I'm not salty about that. You just got. Two. I was talking to Kevin because you were bringing oh, Kevin well. into it. So yeah, it's just, yeah. If people go. want to there salt go, on it. That's fine. So power rankings <laughs> changed this week. As I was talking to Brian about, we were so razor thin in the points that I knew because of my remaining matchups being on the lower end of the scale. And his being slightly higher, I knew he'd pass me eventually. He passed me this week. So Brian, number one again in the power rankings this week. I fell a spot to two. Neely moved up three spots to number three. Steve Back on Flynn top. at number four, uh, standing pat. David also remained in place at five. Paul fell three spots, so you two flip-flopped. He went down to six. Flynn Sr. up two spots to seven. Tony remaining at eight. Sandman down two spots to nine. And then McCarthy remaining at 10, as well as Lisa at 11, and Matt at 12. Shout out to Matt. Highest scoring yeah. week of the year yeah. by yeah. anybody finally getting his first victory. Will not be the worst team in league history. Can only tie being the worst team in league history now if he uh, loses this week to Tony. Hey, but hey, don't have to stand alone. Yeah, don't. <laughs> it's not lonely there at the bottom. So as I said, the field's been narrowed to eight teams. Uh, myself and Brian have now clinched playoff spots. With a win, I will clinch the number one seed. And as I told Brian earlier in the week, and I told you yesterday, that's that's not necessarily a good thing. That is, uh, that's been bad luck of late. The number one seed actually won five of the first eight Smithy Cups, including winning four in a row from 2008 to 2010. Remember, there were two leagues in 2008, so four in a row for the number one seed. But then my team in 2010 is the last number one seed to win the title. Seven years removed now. Since then, a two, four, six, and five seed have all won the title. And twice, a number three seed has won the title. So every seed except the one has a title (laughs) since that time. Joe was the number one seed in 2011 and lost in the Smithy Bowl. Since then, the number one seed has gone one in eight in the playoffs, and the the one seed is one in six in the double elimination format that started back in 2014. So as I said, it's not a great omen to be the number one team. I will uh, I'll gladly win this week and take my regular season crown and then go home. That's that's pretty much <laughs> what it is. I will be the Chicago Bulls of the Tom Thibodeau era and just take my regular season championship and, and be satisfied with that. That seems Only to be, uh, yeah, that seems to be the way it's looking. But as for the final four playoff slots still in play, Sandman really needed a win last week. He, he's technically alive. When we go into our uh, breakdown of the playoff odds, as I mentioned, four teams Tony, Lisa, Matt, and now Flynn Jr. all eliminated. Myself and Brian are in. You and Flynn Sr. have a 99.9% chance of making the playoffs. 
while David is at 72.6, Kevin at 71.9, and then Paul at 55, and then Mr. Sandman at 0.1%. Again, he's technically alive, technically breathing, but if you want to put it in medical terms, they declared him clinically dead upon arriving at the scene. Like, he's he's alive, but he's a vegetable. Because not only does he have to beat Brian this week to get his sixth win of the year, which is a tall task, but the tiebreakers are against him. He could finish tied with Neil, Flynn Sr., David, Kevin, and or Paul. He could finish tied with any of those guys, and the only tiebreaker he owns is against Neil. And, and since you're playing Paul... If you lose that game, it'd be a three-way tie anyway. So that tiebreaker doesn't even help him. So the one tiebreaker he got doesn't matter. So in order for Sandman to make the playoffs, he has to win. Paul has to beat you. Uh, McCarthy has to lose his game since that's the closest team in the tiebreaker. And then he would be in a four-way tie with uh, you, Paul, and Kevin. And then potentially a five-way tie if Mr. Flynn were to lose as well. But a whole other thing. But again, the best case scenario for him, Paul would end up with the five seed. And then the last uh, two, the last playoff spot would come down to you, Kevin, and Sandman. And in order to pass you, he would have to score 158 points more than you or 129 points more than Kevin. So the odds just astronomically stacked against him. I mean, he's had a good year. He had a yeah. good run, but he really needed to win that last week. <sighs> he needed to win that last game, and that's why I feel like he had to go be a buyer at the deadline if he was really going to try and make it. So it's a valiant effort. And, hey, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's got a couple pieces on that team that will be perfectly valid keeper options yeah. rolling into next season. Any other year, 5-5 five so. and five is decent at Week 10, but in the most competitive season we've had, it's yeah, just, it's not going to make it, it this it year. It doesn't lined up for him. So, uh, Flynn Senior, meanwhile, taking on his son. As I said, ninety-nine point nine percent chance a win clinches a playoff berth for him, and he still gets in if he were to lose, and then you were to get a win. The other two games, Kevin plays David, where the winner clinches a playoff berth, and the losing team is vulnerable to be knocked out. But look, as I said, the game with the most impact and our game of the week this week. I I went out of my way to try to make it Kevin versus David to, <laughs> so that it wouldn't be you in back-to-back weeks. But it's, uh, it's you versus Paul. And for like Paul. the fourth time this year. Yeah, it is the fourth time. And again, I, I went out of my way to try to make it not you. But yeah, there, look, there it is. The drama is all here in this game. The reality is, because of Sandman's impossible circumstances, that no matter who wins the game between Kevin and David, if you beat Paul... Paul is eliminated, and both Kevin and David are in, regardless of who wins that game. So the game that matters for everyone is right here. If you win your game, it clinches not only a playoff berth for you, but by eliminating Paul and Sandman being way out of it, everyone else's playoff that's currently in the playoff picture gets a playoff berth. If Paul wins, it puts him in because he has such a huge lead on points scored. So... That would mean that uh, you and at least the losing team from David versus Kevin would be in a three-way tie for the final two spots. Now, of course, there is the possibility that Mr. Flynn wins and David and Kevin 
decimal tie, in which case Paul's victory would knock you out, and that's at this point probably the best chance of you missing the playoffs. Uh, because of his points scored, Paul, like I said, would easily be the five seed in that four-way tie. So then it would come down to points between you and then either David or Kevin uh, for the final playoff spot. As of right now, if Mr. Flynn were to lose and make it just a crazy jumbled tie, he has 1165.5, you have 1165.2. 0.3 is the difference there. <laughs> David has 1159.5, and Kevin 1136.1 is the furthest back. Selfishly, what I'm hoping for is that Mr. Flynn loses, and then uh, if Paul were to beat you and Kevin wins that game, the last two playoff spots would be decided by three guys that are within six points of each other in the standings, (laughs) and it all comes down to who scores the most points in their loss this weekend. Oh, that would just be it's it's one of those crazy decimal tie like situations that what what are the odds that the entire season would come down to you missing the playoffs by a point? Yeah, that would be insane for somebody. It's a very real possibility, though. So that's I think, believe me, I've I've talked to Kevin and his his directive to me is. When when you win your win your expletive expletive game, like, go win your game, like win this game now, so I can go back to the playoffs. So, yeah, hey, that's the plan. Yeah, we'll see, because we'll break it down. Yeah, breaking it down. Paul has Eli Manning, who he just got off of waivers with Cam Newton's bye week. He's got Todd Gurley against Minnesota, Lamar Miller against Arizona. Demarius Thomas against Cincinnati, Jarvis Landry against Tampa, which you love that matchup, Zach Ertz returning against Dallas, Brandon Cooks against Oakland in Mexico City, the Saints D against Washington, and then Matt Bryant kicking against Seattle. On the other side, you've got Matt Ryan against Seattle in that same Monday night game, which isn't as scary a matchup as it would normally be because of I said, like I said, the Legion of Boom not being what it once was, and that game could break out into a shootout. Jarek McKinnon against the Rams D. Alvin Kamara against Washington. Doug Baldwin against Atlanta as well. Michael Crabtree against New England. Jordan Reed against New Orleans if he plays. The backup there, of course, would be Jared Cook in that New England game. Larry Fitz against Houston. The Cardinals D against Houston. And Will Lutz against Washington. So it's, like I said, this could be a scenario where if Mr. Flynn were to lose that game somehow and then Kevin beats David, you have Matt Ryan and Doug Baldwin going on Monday night in a game that would not only decide your game against Paul, but you need the points to try to catch somebody for a playoff spot, even if you were to lose. It's possible on Monday night you're just playing for a point spread. You're not even playing for a win or a loss. Yeah, I'm not even playing for a victory. I'm playing for Matt Ryan to score 14 points or whatever it is. Like Like You could could be losing by 30, but you only need to score 15 to make the playoffs. (laughs) Exactly. And you just come in as the sixth seed, which you'll note that sixth seed that won a title. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah, the five and six, so, six seed too. Don't don't ever let yeah, us forget that. The best yeah. team ever, Eric Decker. <laughs> <laughs> the 
greatest team ever to win a title. Eric Decker and Mike Evans and Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah, if Neil makes the playoffs as the sixth seed, watch him go out and spend a dollar to pick up Eric Decker for nostalgia purposes just to try to have him that's, r- ride that's not that even out. That's not even a joke, people. That's like a thing that like, might happen. It's like the rabbit's foot of, of Neil's team. That might happen. Team. Eric yeah. Decker might just be on that team just to get a, just to get a moral support the ring. mojo, yeah. Just get the yeah. Just get make everything right, you know. Just balance it out, hmm. and he never plays. But yeah, so, I don't know. Hey, look, ESPN has it as like a three and a half point towards Paul, and I always say, and we'll continue to say, anything that's under five points, or or is five points, is a complete coin flip because it's less than a touchdown. So yeah. that's a touchdown either way. It's whoever gets the additional touchdown wins games like that. He has some really good matchups. I have a couple of really good matchups too. It's it's going to be dicey. I have a feeling Jordan Reed's not going to play, and I'm going to end up having to play Jared Cook, and that's fine. That's yeah, that's fine. You're, you don't have to be there. I think like the, the hard, it. the biggest uh, worry I have for you is having to rely on Larry Fitz with Blaine Gabbert, obviously. And then if the Cardinals D were to lose control, like that game is just such a coin toss, could go either way. Well, so that's I haven't decided on the defense. I, I also own the Rams defense, yeah. and that's just such a great defense right now that i i hesitate to take them out of any lineup because they're just playing really well but i i hesitate there because yeah, the vikings though the offense vikings really i know like all of a sudden adam uh Thielen. Thielen you hate that age. goes out i do it. well i got it that time so there you go <laughs> he, he he goes out he goes out and has another you know massive day or stefan Diggs or kyle rudolph or something and the Rams kind of lose control, and that game turns into like a 38 to 35 type of situation. Because that wouldn't even surprise me too much. You know what I mean? If that game winds up with like 38, 35. Right. So like that's the other thing about that. And then I just it's a question of do you believe Houston will be able to move the ball at any point? Because I could also you know I don't want to do this, but I could if I had to take Larry Fitzgerald out and. Rock, Adrian Peterson, or I suppose Andre Elliott. That's not really something you would do. Yeah. And so, you know, if that's there's the case, that. I'd rather have Larry Fitz just because I know. And that's kind of where I'm at with it, just because of. And then on the other end, I mean, the hardest matchups for Paul is Demarius Thomas, just not because Cincinnati's a hard matchup necessarily, but because quarterback play. You, you, I mean, mm-hmm. you can have all the talent in the world if you don't have a decent enough guy throwing you the football. It doesn't matter. He's I mean, banged up. Yeah, he's ask, not going to not play, but he's just beat up a little bit too. Right. I mean, ask DeAndre Hopkins owners from last year about how well you can rely on Brock Osweiler getting your star wide receiver the ball, and then the Saints defense against Washington. Uh, that game just smells like a shootout, and it, you, there's a possibility where the Saints could go up big again. But unlike Buffalo, the, the Redskins have an offense that will chuck the ball downfield and catch up. And put some dents in that Saints D score, so that's that's a scary proposition too. Yeah, there's absolutely that. I, I'm I'm very worried about Zach Ertz. That's, yes, oh yeah. that's have a big game. the one that I'm looking at, and I'm like, Ooh, I don't want to play against Zach Ertz. Like Todd Gurley's gonna have a nice day, I would imagine, but I I hesitate to want to say like he's gonna have a monster day. And Lamar Miller against Arizona, I, same thing. I imagine he's gonna have a pretty decent day. But I don't know that he's going to have, you know, have a monster. Right. Zach Ertz is the one that you look at, and it's like, oh, God, he could put up like a 30. And, yeah, and Eli Manning, yeah. KC is 32nd in the league 
against wide receivers. They love, they give up a ton of pass yards. The issue with Eli Manning is, can he get the passes there? Like, he's had decent right. matchups, he just hasn't been able to capitalize on him. So, I mean, like last week against San Francisco, in a game they were getting blown out and he was throwing a ton, he had a 20. So, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a question of what's going to happen in this game. I imagine it's going to be garbage time again and, so that's that's the question is does this game go to garbage time or can the Giants cobble together some sort of useful offense against, you know, weak secondary? Yeah. It's tough. There's a lot of tough ones in this one. This this whole season is coming down to fractions of a point. It is. And that's honestly what I think this game is going to come down to. This is going to be one of those games where every fumble matters, every yeah. every near touchdown, every touchdown is going to be critical because I mean particularly for Paul Especially there, he's got he's 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 got some some real good stuff going this week, and he and he really needs it because as we said before, I mean he has to win this game. Yeah, he's got to. He absolutely has to win, or he just that's it. So, and that would be, he's had a nice season, so I think it would be really frustrating to go down at five and six like that. It's just interesting. We had, uh, like I said, Sandman's still technically alive, so there's eight teams in it, but of the seven teams that really have a shot here. Two have already clinched, and the five teams that have not clinched a spot yet, all they have to do is win and they're in. There's four spots left, and for the five teams that are going yep. for them, all you got to do is win. That's it. Win your game. Yeah, Go to if playoffs. If Paul wins, he goes into a tiebreaker that he will win. So he, he would get in with a victory, and then it, it would come down to Mr. Flynn. He could win and get in. You, obviously, knocking out Paul would get everybody in, and then the winner of David and Kevin would get in. So yeah, it, it's going to be a, a crazy finish to what has been a this is, hyper-competitive season. This is like season. the most competitive finish line I think we've ever had by far. And it's interesting too because as we continue to say, six and five is typically the benchmark. You get to six and five, you make the playoffs. We have never once had a team finish six and five and miss the postseason. It has never happened before. And if Paul wins, that's exactly what'll happen. We will have a six and five team not make the playoffs. Yep. If, if Somebody, you win that game, then he'll the finish five and six, and the streak lives on. Well, I yep, guess this, technically Sandman could beat Brian and get to six and five. Okay, fair he enough. He still wouldn't make enough. the playoffs. But there's but a very good chance. Let's just put it this way: there's a very good chance the streak would live on. Yeah. That we would never have, we would still never have a six and five team miss the playoffs. All you have Correct. to do is have a winning record, and you go to the playoffs. Is always the rule. Yep. For this league, and I mean this this is going to be the most entertaining. It's just a shame the slate of games. I wish there was a better slate of games, honestly, <laughs> for this to be decided on. Because yep. we went through painstakingly. There's a lot of crap. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of real junky matchups out there where you're just kind of looking at it like, really, that's the game that's going to yep. decide people going to the fantasy playoffs this week? Is is that okay? <laughs> yeah, like I mean. A lot of it is going to come down to the Monday night game. And Kevin has Jimmy Graham on Monday night. And at the and then David doesn't have anyone. So he could either be already salting it away and then just adding on, which at that point it wouldn't matter. Or it's possible that Kevin needs Jimmy Graham to do something big for him to win that game on Monday night and and save his season. You know, it's possible that 
it, he's got low enough on the scoring that he knows if he doesn't get a 15 out of Jimmy Graham, he misses the playoffs. But then if he gets it and wins the game, then all of a sudden David is teetering on the edge. And not only would you lose, but you get knocked out. And it's just, it's, there's a high drama in what I hope is a shootout on Monday. Cause I, if it comes out and it's just another one of these dumpster fires that we've been getting on Monday night football and that's what decides these games because everybody scores a 10 or less than I, uh, <laughs> God. We'll just, we'll yeah, that would be the ultimate anti-climax, yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, we'll just switch like, over to the Big Swingers podcast, and then we'll just be done with this. That's... Never speak of this again. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we have five games of the six that all have playoff implications going yep. into the last week. I mean, that's nuts. All right, Neil. Well, we will sort it out next week. We have a uh, early show next week, so we will be with you on Wednesday is when next week's podcast will be out for the holiday yep. so uh yeah early recording early release listen so to us if you can't stand your family <laughs> as many of you can we know so yeah no it'll be uh it'll be good looking forward to it holiday will be good and ton of football to get through that week as well so short week neil short week lot short to week. break down in a short amount of time next week so we will have uh be working what overtime. may <laughs> what may be a golden league heavy show folks just oh, yeah. <laughs> Just to let you know. Just anticipate that off the get-go. Maybe a Golden League heavy show. So again, at Nonsense underscore Neil, at Nonsense underscore Steve, at Important Nonsense on the Fantasy Life app. So uh, enjoy your weekend, folks. Enjoy your push toward the fantasy playoffs. And until next week, keep up the nonsense. Music for the Important Nonsense podcast is provided by Lee Rosebeer, Lame Genie, and try Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.